Hey readers, welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talks. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two library-loving techs working in the Child and Youth Programming Department with a passion for children's literature. And this is a place to discover new and exciting book recommendations for kids. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon specific themes. We will explore books, spoiler-free, available at the library in print and digital form, which include picture books, junior fiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started! Hi, Laura. Hi, Leanna. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited about our next episode today. For Juicebox Book Talks, we are going to talk about some graphic novels we have in our collection. Yes. So graphic novels is sometimes a bad word in the library and schools because I think a lot of people don't consider graphic novels to be legitimate books. Which is so far from the truth. I mean, if you can get a book in a child's hand and they're going to read it, what does it matter if it has a bunch of beautiful images inside? Absolutely. And I think for our reluctant and emergent readers, we mention those types of readers a lot, probably every episode. Mm -hmm. Graphic novels really are the gateway book to other books. Absolutely. They're not intimidating. They're fun. The visual context really provides lots of different clues for the story. So they're not feeling overwhelmed by all of that text on the page. For sure. I think it adds some variety. I think graphic novels are really a stepping stone to the whole world of literature. And even if they are, if young readers are reading chapter books or what is, quote, a book book, unquote, they can still benefit from this format. And there is so much coming out right now that um, like it's it's gonna it's here to stay these graphic yeah, novels for sure they're covering lots of subject and we subjects and we're going to talk about lots of different genres that we that we read this month yay and hope you fi- hopefully we talk about something that you want to pick up for your young readers and your young students absolutely okay okay so the first one we did and this is a funny one to start with because we did as our buddy read as our buddy read we did the um the magic tree house graphic novel and it is the first in the series which is the same title as the first in the fiction series the chapter book series called dinosaurs before dark and we decided to do do this because this series is so popular everyone knows mary pope osborne's series. It's beloved. It was written in the early 90s. We've had kids over the last, you know, 15 to 20 years we've been here. For sure. (laughs) Asking for this series because it is such a great series. And a lot of these older series are being reformatted to graphic novels. Yes. And they're great. And of course, we have to say full confession on both our parts. We have never read a Magic Treehouse book before. So this was like our first delve into this series so what a great way to introduce ourselves to it and I will say okay that's true and I'm slightly embarrassed I'm slightly embarrassed (laughs) by that absolutely however having read this graphic novel I have to say that I am looking forward to reading more in the regular series Mm -hmm. so I'm going backwards I'm starting with the graphic novel and then I'm going to go and read the older series which is what we want our kids to do for sure and it's a great way so Dinosaurs Before Dark 
It is very simply a graphic novel adaptation of the beloved chapter book series about siblings Jack and Annie discovering an enchanted treehouse full of books. Transported back in time, the pair encounter majestic dinosaurs in their original habitat. When their adventure takes a scary turn, they have to figure out how to escape this new world and all of its dangers. And it's adapted by Jenny Laird and illustrated by Kelly and Nicole Matthews. And I feel like they did a really great job. The illustrations throughout the artwork is fantastic. So, yeah. And I feel like um, what I like about this series is that it's a great series for kids who are maybe a little interested in history and don't know it yet. And it's such a great introduction and a simple introduction to something historical that they maybe don't know how to explore and a great way to explore it without having to like pick up a nonfiction book that may be full of factual information. This is just a great way for them to just kind of immerse themselves in the experience itself. So I really Abs- liked it. Yeah, Absolutely. It really has everything. It's contemporary. It's fantasy. It's magical. There's lots of adventure. There's lots of su- suspense. Mm-hmm. It's fast paced. The artwork is vibrant and very colorful. There's minimal text mm-hmm. on Absolutely. the pages. So if yes. you have a reluctant reader, this is something that they can pick up and not be scared of because they will be totally. drawn in by the beautiful images yep. and the text, they'll get the text easily and they'll understand the story. It's a perfect first, you know, dip into the graphic For novel sure. adaptations. A great read like would be the Bailey School Kids series as well as the I Survived because yep. it ties in the historical content. For sure. And it just... It makes it fun. That's the Magic Treehouse graphic novel, Dinosaurs Before Dark. The first book I'm going to talk about, I'm so excited about this one. I love this one. I love the cover. You're welcome. So adorable. Thank you, Laura, for putting this on my radar. It's called Pause, Gabby Gets It Together by Canadian author Nathan Fairbairn, and it's illustrated by Michelle Azare-Sacorn. Okay, here's our setup. Meet our three best friends. There's Gabby. She's in grade five. She loves books and reading. She plays the piano, but she has very strict parents. There's Priya. She's in grade six, and she's really into sports. And Mindy. She's also in grade six, and she loves social media. She's really popular. She's the cool one of the group. They're different in just about every way. Personalities, hobbies, family, and more. But they have a few important things in common. They're all in the same grade five, six split class. They absolutely love animals. And for reasons that are as varied as the trio themselves, none of them can actually have any pets. Gabby's dad is a little OCD about pets. Priya's mom is allergic. And Mindy lives in an apartment building with a strict no pets policy. Unable to resist the adorable temptation any longer, the girls decide to come up with a way to finally get their hands and on some furry friends. And as luck would have it, it seems like their neighborhood needs some after-school dog walkers. So just like that, Paws, P-A-W-S, is born. Okay, so this is basically the Babysitter's Club with dogs totally. instead of kids. And yeah. I love the concept. This was a great graphic novel. I love how it opened in a crisis Mm -hmm. there's like they're in the middle of something's going down and then it goes back I believe it's two months previous so you understand exactly how they get to this position this is a great story it's contemporary 
It's culturally diverse. It deals with problem solving and friendships. It has well-crafted dialogue. It deals with middle grade pressures at school and at home. It's a great, great story. I laughed. There's a lot of humor in it. I love how the adults are represented in the story. I love how the dads help them make posters like PAWS, which stands for Pretty Awesome Walkers posters around the neighborhood to attract their business. I love how the girls have to like, you know, have like a business sense to like run the dog walking business. It's it's a wonderful story. I think it's perfect if you love Shannon Hale and Raina. I know we yeah. mentioned Raina Telgemeier, yeah. like But it's a go-to. Totally. She she really is the go-to and I think all of her readers will definitely be um, in love with this story. Sure. That's pause. Gabby gets it together. I'm happy to say that it is the series. It's the first in the yes. series and it looks like there will be new ones coming out. My first graphic novel pick I'm really excited about because it is a Shakespearean retelling with a modern twist and it involves a whole bunch of animal species. It is Hamlet, a Shakespearean mashup by Jim Bernstein, Garrett Schiff, and Alyssa Ferrari. I'm really excited about this one because I actually just purchased tickets to Hamlet at Stratford Festival this summer, so I'm really excited to like find this book on the shelf. It actually just came into the library this month, so it is a perfect timing for it. Um, when I say that every animal species is represented, I think pretty much that every animal is. And Hamlet, or Ham as he's known in the book, is, you'll never guess what animal. That's right, a pig. So there are pigs, there are chickens, there are birds, there are donkeys, there are um, dogs, everything you can think of. And each character is a different animal. I love that this book is a modern retelling with modern language. So it's not, it's definitely not true to the original play. However, it just puts a fun spin on it, which is always great for Shakespeare because it's a little bit daunting. So to have this in a graphic novel format is really fun. It's very text heavy for sure, but not like daunting by any means because it is modern language and it's funny it's fun I love also that this book has like a musical theater spin on it with like nods to Gershwin Rodgers and Hammerstein Les Miserables it's just a fun fun book Hamlet a Shakespearean mashup it's fantastic it's really cute I really hope you pick it up and maybe go to Stratford this summer while you're at it yes I still need to get tickets there you go for Stratford great pick Laura thanks Nice segue into another modern retelling. I'm going to talk about The Secret Garden on 81st Street, which, as you guessed, is a modern retelling of the classic The Secret Garden by Francis Hodges Burnett. So this is a setup for the original classic as well as the graphic novel because I didn't really change the story too much. When orphaned Mary Lennox comes to live at her uncle's great house on the Yorkshire Moors. She finds it full of secrets. The mansion has nearly 100 rooms and her uncle keeps himself locked up. And at night, she hears the sound of crying down one of the long corridors. The gardens surrounding the large property are Mary's only escape. Then Mary discovers a secret garden surrounded by walls and locked with a missing key. One day, with the help of two unexpected companions, she discovers a way in. Is everything in the garden dead, or can Mary bring it back to life? Okay, so I kind of lied, because this is a modern retelling, and it's completely different from the original. So the same, there's the same characters, right. but we're going to shift from the UK to contemporary United States. Mary is a young girl who is uprooted from her posh Sil Silicon Valley home in California after the sudden death of her parents to live with her widowed Uncle Archie in New York City. 
Although the new city is a shock, it's cold and gray and loud and busy, Mary finds solace in exploring popular attractions. We get a glimpse into Central Park, the Met, the Museum of Natural History, and lots and lots of different foods. This is a like a wonderful modern and diverse retelling of the classic. It's inclusive, there's lots of representation, there's LGBTQ characters, it delves into mental health, specifically anxiety and panic attacks. It incorporates the idea of, you know, receiving therapy and having a therapist and dealing with grief and the fact that we all deal with grief in different ways. There's not just one solution. I loved all the characters in the story. I loved the characters who become not only Mary's family, but like the new characters who become her found family. There's a nice spin with her uncle. You learn why he's away so much and why he's widowed and why there is this desolate secret garden on the rooftop of his brownstone. So it was just, oh, it's a feel-good story. I may have shed a couple tears, but I definitely, my heart was a lot more full when I finished it. It's The Secret Garden on 81st Street by Noelle Weir, adapted by Noelle Weir, and um, a debut graphic novel by illustrator Amber Padilla. So my next um, graphic novel pick is The Aquanaut written and illustrated by Dan Sentat. And I have to confess, I just, I adore Dan Sentat's illustrations. There's something very distinct and unique about his illustrations, no matter what picture book I pick up. Um, I just, I know that it's him. And he is a Caldecott medalist because of all these amazing things that he has done. So this is the Aquanaut. Um, the story begins with really high emotions with a man being lost at sea. As his ship is sinking, he desperately tries to put what he can of his life's work into a capsule with the title Jules, J-U-L-E-S. He hands the capsule to his brother and relays a message that must go to his daughter, Sophia, later on in the book. So that's our f how we open the book. And then five years later, we meet Sophia, a tween girl who is trying really hard to find her place in the world while processing all that life has given her living now with her uncle who has all the research that the father had given to her he continues to perform marine research this is what they did on that boat that was sinking but now from the family's marine life theme park aqualand everything changes for sophia when an aquanaut breaks into her uncle's research lab okay so what's the aquanaut the aquanaut is some clever sea creatures who inhabit and bring to life an old diving suit hence the aquanaut so listen, this book is really like, so the Jules is like Jules Verne as a, it's a reference to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It's definitely a book that is full of emotions. It's a great book if you're someone who's all about um, conservation and, you know, endangered animals, species. You think about like the marine land stuff that's going on all the time, right? So this is definitely an eco story. It will make you like take a different, take a different perspective on marine life because the book shows you what how the marine animals look at us from up above or from down below I should say and how we look down on them and the interpretation there so it's a real I'm not going to give too much more away other than to say it's classic Dan Santat with his amazing illustrations throughout the book and I just I can't say enough about Dan Santat so that was the Aquanaut by Dan Santat I really hope you check it out especially if you're really into all that like marine life stuff it's it's a perfect perfect book my next graphic novel is historical fiction, which I'm really excited about because I like to get into some different genres. So this one is very much historical fiction. It's Julia Billet's Catherine's War. 
And here's the setup for this one. This is a survival story based on true events. Actually, Julia Billet's mom was one of the hidden children during World War II. It follows the experiences of a young Jewish photographer who is forced to go into hiding and make a perilous journey to the free zone when Germany seizes France during World War II. Rachel Cohen's story begins in a progressive school in France called the Severus Children's Home. It's 1942 and her passion for photography is growing. I love how the fact that she's a photographer really ties in with the illustrations throughout this graphic novel. They are breathtaking, they're beautiful, they almost have like a dreamlike essence to them. Like all the, the pictures, it looks like the characters are like dancing or flowing or swaying. The scenery is so detailed and the people are so expressive. You feel, you feel how they feel. With Germans gaining a stronger hold on France, Rachel must leave the school and travel throughout the country to avoid capture. She changes her name to Catherine Collin, hides her religion, takes on the responsibilities of those younger than her, and also silently grieves the absence of her own family. Mm -hmm. This is part memoir, it's part fiction, but it is all incredible. I adored this story. I thought the, again, the photography and the fact that Catherine slash Rachel has a camera called a Rolleiflex, which is Who like, knew? which is like, what is that? It just looks so cool. It's so, it's like retro, retro. Totally. Um, I love that she has these artistic endeavors. Like she's dealing with war. This is like insane. Like something mm -hmm. that I can never quite fathom. Exactly. Exactly. But she uses this art form to escape and to just, you know, wake up every day and to, you know, get through another day. I just, I, I loved it. The, the book also includes a map and photographs of the real Catherine and her wartime experiences, as well as an interview with the author, Julia Billet. This is great. I think it is geared more toward our readers 10 plus because mm -hmm. the content is a little, like the text is small. There's lots of text on the page and the content, like it's, it's world war. So it depends on. For sure their reading level and interests. Um, it would even be good for, like, younger YA, like young adult readers. Yeah. Like, I think it would really work. Like White Bird, right? Like it, exactly, yes. It, it, would, it does pair really well with, uh, with White Bird. Okay, and that's Catherine's War by Julia Billet. So, uh, since I'm not doing a picture book this month, I grabbed two sort of like emergent graphic novels, definitely like an introduction to graphic novels. We definitely, these books definitely could have been put in our easy reader section of the library, but they are not. And I'm really happy that they aren't because yes, they are definitely for our emergent readers and younger readers, absolutely. But I love that they're given that they're the ownness of being a graphic novel, because that's exactly what they are. They are graphic novels. They are adorable. So a completely different turn from Catherine's War. <laughs> I'm going to lighten the mood a little bit here. So my first book is an Archie and Reddy book, I Really Dig Pizza, a Mystery, written and illustrated by Candy James. So Candy is the wife, she's the illustrator, and James is the husband, and he writes the words. The book is inspired by their daughter, I think it's their daughter's um, stuffies. You had two fox stuffies and Archie and Reddy. So here we go. So their husband and wife team, they do a great job. I just love it. Okay. The characters will just make you smile. They're absolutely adorable. There are two foxes. Um, Archie one day discovers a pizza with a bow sitting under a tree and decides to bury it and save it for dinner. At dinner time, he returns only to see his friend Reddy, the red fox, investigating a mystery. What mystery, you ask? A mysterious pile of 
dirt. A perfectly, it's a perfectly silly story for young readers to share. There's lots of giggles. It's perfect for reluctant readers. I would say like your grade one readers who are just starting to do it on their own independently. It has really big, bold font, minimal colors, minimal illustrations, but at the same time, vibrant and they catch you. Um, if you're a fan of Elephant and Piggy, this book is perfect. There are three in this series. This is the one I like because I love pizza. So to me, it's like a perfect book. I really dig pizza too. Um, it's just, a, it's a simple book in terms of like, like I said, the color selections that are throughout it, but it's a fantastic book. It is a delicious mystery, I would say. So that is an Archie and Ready book. I really dig pizza, a mystery by Candy James. That's my first one. My next one is Bologna and Friends by Greg Pizzoli. I... Like I can, like I love Greg Pizzoli's picture books. They are hilarious. Um, he's won the Geisel Award for his other, um, some other things that he's written as well. Um, he's just a fantastic storyteller. He's a fantastic illustrator. Much like um, Dan Santat, his illustrations are very unique to him. I just love his use of colors and just fun text, fun font, fun illustrations. So Baloney is a pig. He's joined with his friend, Peanut, who is a horse. He, they also have a little friend named Biz, who's a bee, and Crabbit. And Crabbit is a cranky rabbit. This is just a book full of different stories of Baloney with his friends. Um, they're really cute, charming stories. They're fantastic to do. Again, if you're an elephant and piggy fan, this is a really perfect book to do with more text. This one definitely has more text than the Archie and Reddy books, but at the same time, it's really fun. It's just a fun, fun book from Greg, Greg Pizzoli, who I just think is wonderful. Um, I also love at the end that there's drawing instructions, and if you want to learn how to draw the characters, you can. So that is Baloney and Friends. The first in the series are also three in this series by Greg Pizzoli. Okay, question, Laura. Is yep. there an animal we have not discussed this episode? <laughs> lots, of, lots of pigs. Lots Lo of pigs I've talked about today. A lot of pigs, dogs, dogs, foxes. Foxes. I feel like we've really, I, I don't know. know if this is a graphic novel episode or an animal episode. I was going to do a book with bugs too, but I didn't include that one. So there you go. <laughs> My last graphic novel is another adaptation of a very popular series that Laura and I know very well in this library. Yes, for sure. That's Spy School, the graphic novel. So Spy School... We know it. We love it. The kids ask for it all the time. The author is Stuart Gibbs, and this graphic novel is illustrated by Anjan Sarkar. Here's our setup. Ben Ripley may only be in middle school, but he's already pegged his dream job, CIA or bust. Unfortunately for him, his personality, it doesn't exactly scream secret agent. In fact, Ben is so awkward, he can barely get to school and back without a mishap because of his innate nerdiness. Ben is not surprised when he is recruited for a magnet school with a focus on science, but he's entirely shocked to discover that this school is actually a front for a junior CIA academy. Could the CIA really want him? Well, no, Ben. This is a <laughs> totally well, okay. No. no, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what this entails or why Ben is at this school because that's the whole part of the story. Sure. But I will say that this is another story that really crosses 
all the genres. This is a mystery. This has so much humor, like laugh out loud mm -hmm. humor. It's an espionage story. It's a thriller. There's lots of action and lots of adventure. I feel like it was like watching the junior version of like a James Bond or a Jason Bjorn. Born? Born. Born. Jason Born. Bjorn. Bjorn. <laughs> that's, that's the Swedish. The Swedish <laughs> one. Sorry. It's like a Jason Bourne or a James Bond, like, espionage film. It's so fun. It's fast-paced. There's lots of sarcasm. There's lots of wit. Like, it's a boy spy. Just, he's he's a 12-year-old spy. Who's and I feel like, yeah, like if you're a fan of, your kids are a fan of the Spy Kids movies, this is a perfect book to pick up, right? Like, Spy Absolutely. Kids movies are so much fun, so, yeah. Absolutely. Day, in his first class, day one at the school, he has a class on intro to self-preservation, infiltration and espionage, and the history of American espionage. His textbooks has chapters on cyanide poisoning and ner nerve gas attacks. I mean, what kid would not devour this book? Right. I loved it. It was an absolute delight. There's, It's pretty big. Like It's, it it's a pretty thick novel, and there's lots of text. But this is like, it's good quality. Like I feel like if you're moving from the chapter book to this, yeah. there's not much, there's not a huge shift. No. Because the story is just, it's rich with the same story and the yeah. content. I loved it. The picture, the illustrations are great. It was, a, it was really fun to read. That's Spy School, the graphic novel by Stuart Gibbs and illustrated by Anjan Sarkar. Okay, that's it for our graphic novel episode this month. As a reminder, we do have our Take and Make kits, which will be available next Tuesday at both branches, Maine and St. Paul. May 10th. And the kits are super fun because obviously we're talking about graphic novels. The yes. kids will have an opportunity to create their own comic books. I think it's fantastic. It's so much fun. Yeah. So please don't forget to pick up those kits and share what the kids are creating on social media. We'd love to see it. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next month. Thanks so much for listening today. We hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles. All the books discussed today are available in print and digital format on either Overdrive or Hoopla. Please visit BranfordLibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other great programs. Juicebox Book Talks is a Branford Public Library podcast developed by Leanna Flumiani. That's me. And me, Laura Gehrig. Edited by Leanna Flumiani. Music provided by Purple Planet through purple-planet.com. <laughs>